Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 195. Today, I'd like to talk to you about a very important, perhaps the most important topic regarding learning Chinese or really learning, I guess, any skill. So back when we used to run Mandarin Blueprint as a subscription service, we would ask customers why they canceled their subscriptions with us. So every time they cancel, we'd reach out and say, hey, would you mind telling us why? Is there anything we can improve, etc.?" And do you know what the most common answer we would get was? It went something like this. I love the course. I just don't have time to use it. Now, do you know what used to sting the most about reading that? No, it wasn't the lost customer. It was the fact that it's not true. <laughs> and that's what I'd like to talk about today. You do have time to learn Chinese or learn the guitar or <laughs> watch Netflix, whatever you want to do. We all have time, but it's about how you prioritize your time, how you use it. So today I'd like to talk about how to prioritize Chinese more or at least appropriately for how important it is to you and then manage your time better. Basically invest the right amount of time in it so that you can actually achieve the level you want in a reasonable time frame. So first let's have a look at how long Chinese fluency actually takes. Now, I, I would say that I, I'm in the C1 fluency range. Uh, maybe on a bad day, I'm somewhere like B2, maybe even B1 if it's a really bad day. But I've actually recently decided in the last year or so to invest more time in Chinese in immersion and speaking practice and actually improve my skills further. So how long does it actually take for fluency? Well, uh, it took me probably, I would say I've invested over all the years I've been doing it, probably around 3,000 hours total. I would just, that's just a wild guess. I mean, in terms of actual focused time, I would say 3,000 hours. But here's the thing. Most of those hours were wasted. <laughs> uh, I spent at least the first 1,000 hours, my first year with the language. I, I invested 1,000 hours during that year. I was very sort of hardworking. And most of those were a waste of time because I wasn't really focusing my energy on the right method. I was, many of you know my story, but just in a short version here, you know, I memorized words out of context, like thousands of them. I spent goodness knows how long doing that, uh, which isn't really valuable at all, like just from word lists, like English, single English definition, that kind of thing. Pretty much a complete waste of time. You know, I didn't really immerse myself. I spent my time looking at textbooks, studying grammar rules, etc. Basically doing the whole traditional style. And that was not, that's basically not how languages are acquired. You acquire languages by reading and listening and watching as, as much as possible and then practicing speaking. I wasn't really practicing speaking enough, etc. So I'd say of those 3,000 hours, about 1,000 of them, maybe 1,500, being generous, were spent doing the right activities. Now there's there's an official figure. If you go and search on Google, say how long does it take to learn Chinese? This number 2,200 hours always pops up. It's from the FSI, which Foreign Service Institute, I believe. And I took some time to look into this and I realized that with a little bit of digging, the FSI, first of all, is no different from any typical traditional learning program that I've seen. It's not particularly impressive at all. In fact, their materials, they have an online version and they mainly teach live, I believe, but they also have online courses. It's pretty bad. Like it's just traditional style drilling, you know, rote memorization, that kind of thing. And they claim that you can reach not just B2, but I believe above B2, like C-level fluency, like essentially my level of fluency in 2,200 hours purely using their program. But after looking into it further, aside from the materials being 
really just nothing special. And also, you know, I haven't seen any proof that that's possible. I've just seen them claim it and it's been cited a lot, but I haven't seen the actual proof of any studies, etc. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I just haven't, I just haven't seen it personally. Um, but also on top of that, it doesn't actually factor into account all of the extra time that is involved. So, for example, traveling to class, if it's a live class or coursework, revision at home. So it's actually probably more in the region of double that. And uh, if it's actually possible at all with their methods, which I don't believe it really is, purely using their methods, I think it takes a lot of, well, languages are acquired by immersion and speaking practice. There's a lot wrong with that figure. I would say it's more in the region of, you know, several thousand if you were going to use their method. Now, in terms of our courses, we have a suite of courses, but the main course, the flagship course is the Mandarin Blueprint Method. We've sort of calculated now with a lot of data that we've got gathered over the years that it's possible to complete the course in a fast track manner by just mainly focusing on the characters because we have 3,050 characters, almost 12,000 words in the course, in the curriculum. Uh, and all of these words have at least one, usually several example sentences for each usage of that word. And it covers all the words of the HHK9 uh, as well. So there's 15,000 sentences as well as over 100 pieces of long form like graded content. So there's tons of content. If you used all of the content, I'm sure it would take you at least 800, maybe 1,000 hours just to do the course if you did everything. But the, the main purpose of the Mandarin Blueprint Method is to build your foundation so that you can go and immerse in real Chinese material. And then speaking practice, of course, is a must. Uh, maybe even writing practice as well if you want. But the course itself, if you do the fast track, which is essentially focusing mainly on characters, just focusing on the 3,050 characters, doing some example sentences where you like, you know, you just sort of pick and choose them because although the characters are essential, sentences are not because they are infinite, right? And mainly what the course is designed to do is get you ready for real world immersion in Chinese, right? So you can go and watch TV shows, you can read novels, comics, you can pretty much do all of that once you finish the curriculum. So if you go the fast track, you can probably finish the entire curriculum in as little as three or four hundred hours. Okay, that includes review time, everything. No, no sneaky tactics there. It's probably about three or four hundred hours. So there's a range, you know. Uh, some people, there's always the crazy person, there's always like a small group of people that could just do it way faster than everyone else. But I'm talking about on average, maybe 300 hours is possible uh, to, to basically essentially equip yourself for consuming any Chinese material in terms of immersion. And then, of course, immersion is where you spend the majority of your time. You probably need to, we predict, several hundred hours of focused active immersion. So you're watching TV or you're listening to podcasts and you're focused. And then there's extra study time on that, like making flashcards out of the material if you want. You can do it purely through listening and watching and reading, but it is more effective if you make flashcards out of that and uh, use a tool like Megaku and Anki or Traverse you know, to, for flashcards. And this probably takes another several hundred hours, maybe even a thousand hours. And then you probably need, again, this is just ballpark, guys, but around 200 hours of spoken practice. So a nice chunk of shadowing, maybe 50 to 100 hours of shadowing would be nice. And maybe one or 200 hours of actual speaking practice to activate all these words. Now, maybe it's not 100 or 200 hours, maybe it's more. But I would say 
<clears throat> overall, if you focus and you just, from the beginning, you focus on our courses and then immersion and then a bit of speaking practice with tutors on italki, et cetera, you're probably looking at about 1,000 hours, maybe 1,500 hours, okay? So that 1,000 hours, let's think about that. Let's say it's 1,000 hours, right? Because that's a nice round number. You could spend 1,000 hours doing anything, all right? You could just spend that, like I said, watching Netflix or mountain climbing or whatever. You could learn any skill you want. But if you want to learn Chinese, you can do it in 1,000 hours with our courses and with our guidance. Some people could maybe do it in 800, some people could do it in 1,500, but let's just say 1,000. So it, it's a substantial time investment, but if you just divide that up into a daily, hourly time investment, I mean, 1,000 hours is an hour a day for you know around three years, okay? Or if you can invest three hours a day, which I think actually if you really wanted to, the majority of people could, even if you had kids, a job, dogs, like I do, you could still invest three hours a day if you made certain sacrifices and you made Chinese a high enough priority in your life, which we'll get to in just a second. But essentially, I'd like you to think about it like this. You can do it. It takes a thousand hours and you just need to invest the right amount of time per day consistently in the right method. And there are five steps you need to take to achieve this. Here's the first step. So first, work out how important speaking Chinese is to you. Right, that will determine how much time per day you will be able to invest and how consistent you will remain. Now, a good way to do this is to think about your dream life. Right? Everyone has dreams, right? I mean, I personally I have a dream of running a, a small holding or a homestead with my family in England. Right? I live in China right now, but that's my personal dream. Now, learning Chinese to a higher level, getting better at Chinese, will actually help me achieve that dream. Now, it's a more direct relationship because, you know, with Phil, the MB co-founder, you know, we create and we sell Chinese courses. So it's a very direct relationship. But you can actually also think of your dream life, not just in terms of where you live and how much money you make, you know, but also what your thoughts are, what sort of person you are, what sort of skills you have, um, how you feel day to day, how many kids you have, you know, what do your kids act like, look like? What is your wife or husband like, etc.? You can envision this dream life and all aspects of it. And then you could think, okay, well, how could learning Chinese, this very valuable skill, contribute to that dream life in some way? So when it comes to learning Chinese, I mean, the benefits are many, right? They, they hit the, the three main sort of benefits that all humans want, which is health, wealth, and relationships. You know, having great Chinese will make you mentally more fit. I believe there's a lot of studies and research that show that learning languages are genuinely good for you mentally. And there's an argument to be made that learning Chinese will make you more self-confident, more self-disciplined. Building that habit will help you remain more self-disciplined with other habits such as exercise, which could also help your, your physical health. And in terms of wealth, of course, there's a direct relationship between learning Chinese and of course, making more money, having more opportunities if you know where to find them. A lot of people say, I've seen it on forums and things like that, oh, it's a myth, you know, learning Chinese doesn't help you make more money, but it's absolute nonsense. If you learn Chinese, just, just reading and writing, forget speaking. I mean, you can connect with over a billion people. Well, let's say a few hundred million, because a lot of those are old, very old people, or very young people. But you can connect with millions and millions of people that are members of a, of a country or a culture that is becoming wealthier by the second okay so obviously there's tons of uh, 
financial opportunities. That's probably the main benefit, actually. But relationships, of course, as well, not just romantic. That's, I guess, a possibility. But to find and strengthen romantic relationships, but also just generally making connections with people. Uh, and, and that, again, affects wealth as well. So there's tons of benefits. There's tons of benefits. Even if you think that, you know, there's no direct relationship between learning Chinese and your dream life, there is a relationship. Right, it, learning Chinese to a high level will make you a better person. Fact. Okay, so that's the first step. Just think about that for a bit. Just think about how Chinese will affect you and, and help you realize your dreams. We all have dreams, right? And then the second step is to identify time wasters in your life. So now you have a priority. So, okay, well, Chinese is a pretty high priority, or it's a very high priority, whatever the priority is to you. Now let's say, okay, so then I'm going to set aside X amount of time per day. And maybe you only, you, you know, right now you only can spare 20 minutes a day. Well, that's not really enough. To make real substantial progress, you need to consistently invest minimum, absolute bare minimum, 30 minutes a day. And an hour or two, even two hours is ideal. But one hour is like a nice healthy chunk of time. And it doesn't have to be all at the same time. Like, so one hour, like 7 to 8 a.m. every day. No, it can just be 5 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes here and there. And really, you know, you want to aim for an hour or more. Now, if you don't have an hour right now, well, you can make some sacrifices. You can identify the time wasters in your life. So, for example, Netflix binges in English or your native language, whatever, if it's not English. And there might be a lot of things that you do that, that you could replace with Chinese that you don't even know because we kind of go through life on autopilot, right? So a good idea is to keep a journal. It doesn't have to be a written journal. It could just be on your phone or whatever. But you just stay present for a week and just realize what you're doing habitually. Uh, and see if you can drop anything. You know, there's probably going to be a ton you can drop. And by the way, it's your decision here how much of a priority you make this. And so don't think that you have to become a monk and uh, or Chinese learning monk and just like drop everything that's fun that's not Chinese related. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying take it step by step and try and squeeze an hour in a day. And then that leads sort of nicely onto step three, which is replace and optimize. So genuinely, lots of people are super busy. And to squeeze in more time would mean taking away sleep time, right? Um, so I get that. Like Some people are just crazy busy. They're literally, their, their feet don't touch the floor, as my mum would say, you know, from 6 a.m. to 7, 8 p.m. at night. And then they got kids to look after and blah, blah, blah. You know, I get this, all right? So... There are things that you can optimize, right? You can, for example, when you are surfing the web, there's like apps you can use to control how much you spend on certain websites or on your phone, certain apps you use on your phone, like social media. So we've already kind of mentioned replacing, you know, so you literally just take, okay, I spend how many hours on Netflix each week not consuming Chinese? All right, I spend five hours a week, let's say. It's probably more than that for a lot of people but I'm going to turn that down to two hours a week and I'm going to spend those three hours on Chinese. I'm going to convert that. Now, you can also optimize. So uh, if you go out and walk the dogs, if you're traveling to work, you can be listening to Chinese. Or you could be, if you're on our course, you could be mentally creating mnemonic, mnemonics for uh, learning characters and words. Okay. Or you could be reviewing sentence flashcards on the bus if, if you can sort of look, if you're not driving and stuff. But you can always optimize. So you can always basically bring Chinese into activities that are kind of neutral and where you have either your hands free or your ears free uh, to consume Chinese. So that's great. And then 
The fourth step here is to maximize your study time. So I've already kind of alluded to the idea of our courses being incredibly efficient, and they are. So if you go to mandarinblueprint.com and you sign up to the Mandarin Blueprint method, you'll also get a free $97 pronunciation course with that if you don't know pronunciation for Mandarin already. And you'll be able to basically just step-by-step step follow the course. There's 9,000 lessons, and it'll just take you very efficiently through the entire language from the most basic, the most common, characters and words all the way to you know, 3,050 characters, almost 11, uh, almost 12,000 words, etc. We also have an immersion course that teaches you exactly how to do immersion. It's like 10 hours of video there and a habit building course, which is four hours. And you can get the whole suite of courses for 997. And yes, that's more expensive than an app, but it's way cheaper than a Chinese degree. <laughs> and that's what it's more akin to, except that it's way faster and easier and way better teachers. So I highly recommend that you just use the Mandarin Blueprint method just to get through the language as quickly as possible and efficiently as possible with the least pain and stress as possible. And then just start immersing tons in Chinese with the help of the Immersion Masterclass course that I mentioned, and then just speaking practice. That's pretty much all you need to do to become fluent in Chinese, okay? In a ridiculously short amount of time, relatively speaking. So if you're currently using a textbook, or you're currently using, you're relying completely on an italki tutor or a live class or something like this, you really don't need that anymore. I mean, I'm not saying that all textbooks, all classes are terrible at all, but you really only need our courses. <laughs> you need our courses and to immerse and to practice speaking. That's what you need to do, okay? So just consider that. And then the final fifth tip is to build the habit. So once you've, you've made it a priority, okay, in your life, uh, and you've allotted some time and you have a good method, now you just need to show up each day. So here are the quick steps to do that. So this is like a really condensed, short version of the Habit Building Bootcamp. Like I said, it's a four hour course, but this is like the really short version. Um, and this sort of framework for building habits is heavily inspired by Atomic Habits and also The Power of Habit, uh, those two books. So here are the basic steps to building an awesome, solid, unbreakable Chinese habit. First, number one, you build Chinese around your identity. So the best habits are based on your identity, not based on a specific outcome. Like I want to learn a thousand words or I want to have a fluent conversation in Chinese. It's a better idea to decide I am a Chinese learner, enthusiast, fanatic, or acquirer, okay? Just choose one of those identities and just do it right now. It's really simple, okay? now. You choose that identity, but it's not you yet. You become that identity by taking action that basically persuades your brain that that's who you are, okay? So essentially, you follow the, the next few mini steps and incorporate Chinese into your day, touch Chinese, come into contact with Chinese throughout each day. And every time you do, every time you learn a character or you listen to Chinese, or you uh, have a conversation in Chinese with your tutor, whatever it is you're doing, you're like casting a vote for that idea that I am a Chinese fanatic, which is my favorite one, by the way. And eventually, once you've cast enough votes, you become that new identity. So, oh, I am a Chinese learner. And then you don't need to really rely so much on setting alarms or using a habit tracker, etc. All those, those, those things are very good but you don't need to rely on them so much. You just do it. In fact, you just do it because not doing it feels odd because that's who you are, right? And it feels weird not to be yourself. It feels good to be yourself. So 
here's how to basically cast those votes. Make Chinese obvious. So make put Chinese around your environment. So for example, buy Chinese books, even if you can't read them yet. You know, buy Garfield comics in Chinese, Harry Potter, whatever your, your books you like in English, buy the Chinese version, buy Chinese posters, um, <clears throat> turn your devices into Chinese, your computer, your, your phone. Just make Chinese a visual part of your environment, both at work, uh, on your smartphones, on your computers, and uh, at home as well, of course. And just, just do that. And it will just say, hey, look, Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. It's a part of your life. Hey, go and do some Chinese. It sort of creates cues for you to get started. That's really important. Next is to make Chinese easy. So basically just reduce the friction between where you are now and starting. So instead of thinking, oh, I have to learn a ton of Chinese right now, just make a really easy two minute version of that particular habit. So I'm just gonna learn one character, or I'm just gonna review one sentence flashcard. All right, so just make it a really small thing and that's your goal. And then once you're already doing it, you'll naturally, usually most of the time, you'll just do more, okay? But just focus on starting, not finishing. Prepare a lot of immersion resources. So on your phone, for example, have like a list, not just one, like podcast that you like or one TV show that you kind of enjoy, you want to have at least three at all times because one time you'll open up your phone and you won't be in the mood for that particular thing that you usually listen to. But then you, if you have that friction of like, oh, now I have to go find a whole new thing that's not only suitable for my level, but also, you know, it's uh, enjoyable. Like I connect with the content and blah, blah, blah. So, that creates friction and it's more likely for you to go, ah, I'll do it later. So you really have to put in some time, let's say, collating your immersion resources to make sure that you have enough there so that if you're not in the mood for one, you can just quickly switch to another one. Visualization is really good. So if you're having trouble getting started with the particular habit, then you can just visualize yourself doing it and also how you're going to feel afterwards. You just visualize that for it just takes a few seconds, right? Just think about it. And that will kind of jumpstart your brain. It's, it's weird how it works, but it just does. And then the final tip for this, in terms of making Chinese easy, would be to just have a healthier life. You know, exercise, eat less sugar, carbs, etc. Uh, not overly, you know, deep fried stuff, alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, etc. <laughs> um, these sorts of things just make you less healthy, less active mentally, and you just won't be able to find as much, let's say, impetus to get started with Chinese, okay? So that's basically making Chinese easy. Then the next two steps are to make Chinese attractive and to make Chinese rewarding. So to make Chinese more attractive, what you can do is kind of bring visualization into it again. Um, I guess the last point was very much sort of overlapping with this, wasn't it? But the idea of like, okay, remember why I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? And sure, it's out of pure enjoyment for a lot of people, but it's I'm trying to raise my status as a human being and I'm trying to r reach my dream life, okay? And Chinese is gonna help me get there in some way. It sure is, as well as a bunch of other stuff will help you get to that dream life, but Chinese is definitely gonna be a factor as well. So visualize that again. So visualize that dream life, that I want that dream life, and that will help you see Chinese as a more attractive thing to do. Imagine, again, it's more like imagination and visualization again, but imagine how you will feel after not just doing the habit, but after doing it for a week or a month or a year. If you are doing shadowing, for example, it's just like repeating and after a, some Chinese audio, if you're doing that, you will get better at speaking Chinese. You will impress the socks off people. Is that, is that a phrase? I don't know. But you will 
be a more impressive human being after just a month of doing that. All right, so just keep that up. Joining a community is a great one as well. If you join a community, that's a place where you can fit in, all right, so you can connect with other people, but also then stand out. And it's about status again. We, we are just, we love status as human beings, right? All of us. So if you have a place where you can not only find people that are on a similar wavelength to you and in a similar situation, but also say, hey guys, I just did X amount of characters today, or I listened to this, and, and someone goes, hey, great job. Or, and you can listen to other people and pump other people up. It's just great. It's, it's, it, that in itself is also addictive, that community aspect. And then finally, it's making Chinese satisfying. So the best way of doing this, I think it's really simple. Just give yourself a kind of reward for finishing a particular habit of a particular day. So let's say, all right, I, I've set myself daily habits. So uh, my habit is to learn five characters a day. Once you do that, you reward yourself. Now, what I like to do is time boxing. So I'll spend uh, 25 minutes or whatever doing something. And then after that time box, I have five minutes to like watch some YouTube video or something like that. And I, I'm addicted to YouTube, like, like a lot of people. Or what I can do, for example, is I will um, watch some Chinese YouTube, right? So like uh, I really like those movie narrations. They're called Ding uh, Jie Shuo. They're fantastic. So I'll watch one or two or three of those and once I've done my minimum one hour of immersion, which is my minimum for each day, I will then be like, okay, now I'll listen to that podcast in English that I really wanted to listen to, that, but I've been putting it off because I've been waiting uh, to do my Chinese first. That's like my, my main course and then my dessert, as it were. Not that I don't enjoy the Chinese main course too. You know, I love steak, right? But it's also like I'm, I'm heavily into my English shows or like uh, watching a Japanese anime that's not available in Mandarin or something, but I really love that anime. Like I love Attack on Titan. Like, I watched that and it's, uh, it's awesome, but there's no Chinese version that I can find personally. Um, and plus, you know, I want to watch the Japanese version. It's always better with the original audio. So I was like, that's my reward that I get at the end of my day or the end of my immersion period. So, that's, so it's something to look forward to. That's really important. And finally, a tip for you, which I've already mentioned, I think twice now, is to get some kind of habit tracker. I really like my habit tracker. I've been using it for well over a year now, I think a year and a half now. Every day I track my habits. And it's not just about Chinese, it's about um, all kinds of aspects of my life. Now I've, I've gradually added to this. So I have about, I think seven or eight now habits on my habit, habit tracking app. And I, it just feels really good. It's very satisfying to, to tick those off every day. So I highly recommend you get something like, or maybe a journal or like just a calendar or whatever. There's tons of things you can do. You can just do a Google search. So if you follow those five steps, you will invest more time in Chinese, I guarantee it, starting right now, starting today. And if you do that and you keep that up, you will impress yourself over the next weeks, months, and years to come. So I guess my concluding statement here is that you do have the ability and you do have the time to become shockingly good at Chinese, to make shocking progress with this language. You just have to prioritize it and make sure you show up each day and invest the right amount of time in the right methods. That's really important. All right, so I hope that was helpful for you. Let's move on to the questions for this week. So the first one is an email actually from Ryan and it was a great email. Thank you so much, Ryan, for sending it. Um, it was just sort of an, a really nice update on, on his progress. So let's, let's dive in. Ryan says, 
Hi, Luke and Phil. As of writing this email, I'm overjoyed to tell you that I got started on my first intermediate course characters. I finished the foundation course around three days ago. I started mid-March 2021 and it's now the middle of January 2023, which means it took about 22 months. When I finally opened up the foundation course complete lesson, I decided to drink it all in and read the other comments where people express their feelings in that same moment. I realized all of the comments I read that the time I had taken was more than even those who called themselves tortoises. <laughs> my Chinese journey is my own and I'm not phased by it at all. That's good. However, it did make me think that I should share some aspects of my road up to this point that affirm a lot of the guidance you have provided us throughout the course. It shouldn't come as a surprise, but I did have a lot of those unfortunate zero days on my journey. I let my flashcard reviews go by the wayside and ended up getting into a vicious cycle of letting flashcard reviews pile up to the point where it would be extremely difficult to catch up on quickly which kept me from doing any reviews at all. And so they kept piling up. This happened on a couple of occasions. The most recent time this happened around two months ago, I had about 600 total review flashcards piled up. I was not learning any new characters with all that review. When learning Chinese came to mind on those days, I would be intimidated by the piled up reviews and not do much more than be anxious about it. I broke out of this cycle when I stumbled across some promotional content where you discuss the importance of zoom in, zoom out approach, where you stay committed to daily tasks so as not to get overwhelmed by the potential progress there is to be made. Mm, really good. But then also zooming out once in a while to see the results of your commitment to your daily tasks. It was then that I realized I had not been appreciating myself enough for showing up on the days that I did and was instead just thinking showing up was only what I had to do in order to move towards character 592. Once I realized I need to appreciate myself more for showing up for my daily tasks every day, I then had an epiphany that I could slowly chip away at the piled up reviews and break it down into more doable chunks and catch up with my reviews over a number of days. I, once I realized this, I pretty easily caught up with my piled up reviews and started to learn new characters too. This time, with the renewed mindset of appreciating myself for completing my reviews and learning even one character a day. In the past, I had a bad habit of when I was learning new characters. I'd do four to seven in one sitting, but couldn't sustain this every day and wouldn't learn any new characters on days I felt burnt out. When I began to appreciate daily tasks more, I became content with learning even one new character a day after reviews, which meant I made more steady progress. I have a lot to say on this, by the way, which I will address in a sec. Another thing to note, a lot of my zero days weren't truly zero days since I had been back in the UK the past year and made some Chinese friends with whom I exchanged text messages and read Yu, which is idiom stories for kids and various other activities that required me to use the Chinese I knew. So even when I wasn't even doing flashcard reviews, I wasn't exactly forgetting everything. I was happy being able to interact with my Chinese friends in their native language, which I couldn't have done without MB. So first, quick note on that. If you did anything to do with Chinese, if you consumed any Chinese whatsoever, whether that's one character or one word or one sentence, or you produced one Chinese sentence or one character or one word, then you didn't have a zero day. That's all that means, by the way. What you did was you didn't hit your daily goals. You didn't review, finish your flashcard reviews, which is kind of a bad thing, right? You don't want to admit, that's the one thing where we're like, ooh, don't worry about making progress, but definitely finish your reviews because this happens, right? And then this is really hard as a whole to get out of. 
but you didn't have zero days. If you did anything, then you didn't have a zero day. Okay, that's not that's not related to flashcards at all. So if any of you are watching this as well, like just remember, I think some people do get confused about that and that's completely understandable. Um, just don't beat yourself up for missing your flashcard reviews. All right, just get on it whenever you can. But just not having a zero day just means doing some little thing the bare, bare minimum, right? Just being with Chinese, touching Chinese, and coming into contact with Chinese in some way or shape or form during your day before you go to sleep. Okay, that's it. Anyway, onward and upward for me, I hope with my renewed mindset, I can finish up the intermediate course a lot faster without all the zero days um, or missed missed uh, goals, let's, let's say. Thank you so much and I hope the details of my journey are helpful to you or anyone else on the course platform. For those struggling on their journey, you can always refresh, regroup, and continue moving forward. Cheers. That one's for Luke. Thank you for the cheers. Ryan. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And yeah, you've got the right idea. You've got the right idea. Like, just focus on, like, I'll tell you what. I read a book uh, recently, which um, is a very famous book, I believe. It's a very... Uh, it's like a bestseller. It's called The Power of Now. Now, many of you would probably have heard of it, right? Many of you probably read it or listened to it. And it's it, on the surface, it seems like one of those very new agey kind of, uh, you know, like The Secret or something like that, which I'm not necessarily going to criticize or anything like that. I, don't, I think that everyone should, uh, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand, right? So I don't want to, I'm not having, but I realize that a lot of people are turned off by the idea of like new age kind of stuff, like spirituality. A lot of people hear that and they're just like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. This sounds a bit not up my alley kind of thing. But the power of now for me was, um, I guess, life changing actually. Because um, I, I read it briefly before, like a few years ago, but it didn't really click with me. And recently, because I've been, I've been a bit stressed out with work and stuff like that. I started getting back into it. It was actually recommended to me by Phil. <laughs> and uh, the idea of it is very simple. It's just focus on now because that's all there is. There is no past. There is no future, right? It's just a concept in your mind, right? And all moments in your memories and all potential moments in the future will always and were always now. And that's all we really have is the present moment. And it's kind of a fact. It's not really debatable, right? I'm not saying the past doesn't exist. Like it didn't, it didn't happen. Of course it happened. But it, 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 all we have right now is this moment, essentially. So instead of thinking about what you have to do, and this is like a really good way of avoiding any kind of procrastination, right? And just getting things done. You just look, what do I have right now? How do I feel right now? Okay, do I really have any problems right now with doing one flashcard or clicking, you know, clicking play on my favorite Chinese podcast or whatever it is? And this obviously applies to all aspects, but this is a Chinese learning podcast, so I'm just going to apply it to this. But it's it's really good to just breathe and live in the moment and just be like, okay, I have 600 flashcards right now. <laughs> that sucks, but. Right now, I can just do one. Oh, now I can just do another one. And now I can do another one and just focus on being here right now. Or maybe you don't have 600 flashcards. Maybe you just, you know, you need to, you know that you need to get better at listening or you know you need to practice writing. You know you need to practice speaking. That's a big one. A lot of people put that off, right? 
because it's more comfortable doing something else. But if you, instead of thinking, oh, it's going to be so boring and stressful trying to figure out this new thing over the next few hours or days or weeks, just say, okay, well, right now I'm going to open up italki and I'm just going to have a look. In fact, you don't even say I'm gonna. I say I am opening up to italki right now and I am looking for a teacher. And maybe in the next moment, right, you, you do something else. Maybe you, but you just focus on the now. And I think that's, that idea is kind of what Ryan was talking about as well. So like I'm just going to take it step by step. I'm going to knock them out, you know, and eventually they'll be gone. So this next comment is from, well, someone that calls themselves Moose, uh, which I assume is not their little, their, their first name, but could be, who knows. But let's say Moose says that you guys made a short clip for a non-question comment, then linked it perfectly is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we do. We've been doing that for a long time. So if someone sends, with basically all of these uh, comments, we don't do it so much with, we, do, we used to do it with like every single comment back in the past. And then we would like link to those and maybe even clip them up and put them in the course and stuff like that. But now the course is packed with videos and uh, there's not really any room. So we're, we're a bit more picky with what clips we put in, but we always respond to comments that we respond to on our podcast with a link back to that podcast on YouTube. Okay. So yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. You know, because we've been doing that for so long and you know, it, it takes a lot of extra time and stuff like that. But I think that it's a nice little addition, you know, it's just like, oh, when I leave a comment, it will be, well, we'll always address it by text. We reply to every single comment by text, but we might even reply to it by podcast as well, like we're doing now. And uh, Moose sends another one and he says, this is from the problem initials overview like where to put your tongue for and GCC and and he says, uh, seriously, I've studied Chinese in the class for eight months and never considered any of the mouth positions to make sounds. I just made the sounds, though not perfect. It's a whole new world for, right now for me. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of uh, turning that whole thing on its head, that idea of like going to class. Like I said earlier, you know, it's really, some people love it and I've I got no problem with that if you want to go to class, but it's just, there's way more efficient ways of learning Chinese now, you know, and we're it. <laughs> so uh, just a fact, you know, I'm not showing off or anything, but it's just true. So um, Moose, uh, thank you so much for the comment. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do with the Mandarin blueprint method, you know, because I assume well, you may have already got into it by now, but um, this is a, on the pronunciation course. So this is just the preamble. I'm really excited to see what you think about the uh, the full course. And Moose got another one actually down here. It says, uh, haha, I found it hilarious that Luke started playing with his cheeks as he says, sure. Yeah, it's like a habit I have. <laughs> just to show that, because a lot of people, um, including myself back in the day when I was first learning, they do like, they try too hard with their facial muscles. So I was like, sure, you know, like, like this, like really tight, like Jim Carrey style. Um, sure, you know. Where it's not necessary, it's like sure, 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 because it's all about the tongue. So that's, I, I, I use my cheeks to sort of show that. <laughs> I'm glad you found it enjoyable. Um, next here is Keanu, and uh, he says you, which I assume you must be from the uh, the, the American South, right? I'm not going to do it, but like there was a, a guy um, that I knew in Chengdu who would scream that at the top of his voice repeatedly when he got really drunk you um and he was from the south he said made it to a thousand let's go yes 
Awesome. Keanu, well done. Um, you know, now let's get to 3,050. You know. So awesome. Well done. Well done. Well done. Next is Meredith. Make a movie for Luan. You know you've got a memorable scene where Luke can't stop laughing. <laughs> LOL. Yeah, like some of these scenes are fantastic. Back in like back when we were we first launched it, and it was so exciting as well. We get like a bit giddy because you know we just we didn't know this course would uh, be so effective. We just it was a hunch, right? We was like, well, it was effective for us, so let's share it with everyone. And we were really worried that. 90% of people wouldn't even get it, you know, the whole hands and moving method thing with the memory palace and stuff. But when people started getting it and like sending their own stories and some of the stories were so genius and really, really funny, they would like write like paragraphs and paragraphs. I just got really giddy. And some of them were just, just cracked me up, including the one for Luan. I actually remember that very, very, very vividly. Next is uh, Janice on uh, problem initial Jure. She says, what is the tongue position of R in English. R, R, R. Well, re read. Well, I guess it's, this, it's similar. It's, the, it's funny enough, actually, now I think about it. The tongue position of the English R is the English, same as the English SH. So if you say shh, shh, you know, the, and you say r, 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 grr, like shh, shh, maybe it's, a, maybe it's slightly different, but. I think it's about the same, like it's just slightly up, but with the Chinese, it's just more up. So instead of saying read, 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 you're saying read, 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 like your tongue is just a bit further up. Uh, next is Anton, looking forward to acquiring a solid foundation and beyond before moving to Shanghai in July. Awesome. Yes. Um, July is, I mean, doo -doo -doo, another few, few months from now. So, yeah, you can definitely make some insane progress in just a few months if you just sort of focus on the more fast track of the course. So if you're, if you're like in a rush, right? If you're in a rush to really make progress with Chinese, and especially if you're going to Shanghai, maybe you're doing some sort of course, I don't know, but I uh, recently had a, a lady uh, doing that. Um, and she, she really wanted to make as much progress with um, this immersion course that she was gonna do. It's like, in terms of the old school immersion, like actually being around Chinese people in China and stuff, that kind of immersion, um, where you're not allowed to speak English and all that sort of stuff. So she was preparing to do that and I was like, great. So just make your way through the characters as fast as possible and be very picky about the sentences and maybe even the word flashcards too, just focus mainly on the characters and just get through as fast. So if you're in a rush, Anton, I recommend that you do that, but Either way, you're going to enjoy yourself a lot, right? So if you want to just like smell the roses, you know, if you want to take your time with the course as well, you'll get a deeper understanding of the language. Uh, more, or let's say a deeper, more broad understanding because you'll develop a relationship, a deeper relationship, a deeper knowledge and acquisition of the words that come up in the course because you'll be reviewing more and more sentences. Um, or you can just learn characters and focus on uh, the sentences and stuff later, and of course, focus more on Chinese, real Chinese immersion. It's up to you. Uh, Glennis says, can I ask where before it's indicated here in this sentence? I am presuming it is this character, guo. That's correct, yes. Yeah, so guo uh, is, it has a few different usages, but in this particular context, you just add it after a verb. So ma is to tell off. Um, 
I've told off my son before. So that gore is what we call an experience marker. I'm not sure if we made that up or if that's just a general linguistic term, but like it's just basically saying this verb has been done or I have experienced this verb. I've done this thing before in my life. Well, this thing has happened before. You know, so yeah, that's that's what gore does. And then finally, um, I had an interesting comment from Rita. Uh, so she made a comment, uh, this was a long time ago, two years ago, on our free course called Rapid Acquisition Crash Course. And in that course, she said, oh, I'm going to become fluent in Chinese in, I think she said, by next year or something, you know, like within a few months or a year or something like that. And then someone asked her, like, hey, how's it going? Did you become fluent? And then Rita responded like this. Good question. Thanks for taking the interest and time to ask me. I cannot believe that I said that two years ago. Just absurd. I took digital marketing, specifically affiliate this last year, uh, to have an income and didn't have any time to do Chinese. So sorry to acknowledge this. I'll give myself another opportunity. Thanks again. Great job to all of you. And I thought that was really relevant, especially good as a final comment for this particular podcast, because, well, it's about time, right? And uh, Rita was obviously really busy. She had higher priorities in her life and didn't invest the time into Chinese. But if she had invested the time, then she would have made great progress. But she, she decided not to, and that's absolutely fine. But right now, she can decide, right? She can, Rita, you're, what, you're probably watching this, you can decide right now to say, I'm going to invest 30 minutes or 60 minutes or two hours or whatever it is per day, and I'm going to make that time. And then I'm going to show up every day and I'm going to track my progress with a habit tracker and I'm going to uh, take the habit building bootcamp course or whatever it is that I need to do to make sure that I stay on track. And then another two years from now, you could very well be fluent in Chinese or you'll be well on your way because you only invested 30 minutes a day, but still invest something, right? Invest that time and that will compound and it will, you will amaze yourself. Like I looked at my, um, my habit tracker the other day. Now, I used to, when I first started using it, like a year and a half ago, I was really, uh, I just got so addicted to this timer that I had on it. Literally, like every time I started immersing, I would start the timer and like I really accurately calculated how much, exactly how many minutes I spent on immersing just because I thought it was really cool. And that's my kind of personality. I'm very sort of love the details and stuff. But now I don't bother to that extent. I just sort of, Oh yeah, I did about an hour today. I'll just an hour. Oh, I, no, I did ninety minutes because I also, I also watched that episode of that, and I'll just like calculate it at the end of each day. But basically, I've got now like in the last uh, in the last year, I've invested at least uh, I think eleven hundred hours now into immersion. Some of that was also passive, so I would say like you know very minimum, you know I would say probably seven eight hundred hours of pure focused immersion in that time and I probably wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't track my habits like that on a day-to-day -day basis and stay present whilst I was doing it but like, okay now I'm going to do this and I'm going to track how much time it takes etc so uh, I commend you on your honesty there Rita that's fantastic and you know best of luck for 2023 and uh, best of luck to everyone else listening to this watching this uh, I hope that you can also make that decision and make Chinese a higher priority in your life for 2023. And just have a great time spending more time with the language and making insane progress. All right, so I will see you next month for the next podcast. Bye-bye.